Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. I am excited about today's message. I want to thank every person that likes, subscribes, uh, comments, shares our messages. Thank you so much for being a part of our community, our Zoe family. We are so grateful for you today. Thank you to everyone that gives. If you'd like to start giving uh, to our church, you can give on our website or text Zoe to 77977. And again, I say it every week, but Zoe is a community that is all about the person and the message of Jesus. He is the centerpiece and the focal point of our lives and community. So if you are interested in following Jesus, learning more about Jesus, make sure you listen to these messages. I'm excited because today we're in Daniel chapter 3 as we study the book of Daniel. Today we're talking about having faith for the fire. So without any further ado, let's jump in to this week's message. Daniel chapter 3. This is what I'm going to do today. If you missed uh, week one or two, we are studying together the book of Daniel. And it's an Old Testament book. If you missed week one or two, I want to encourage you to catch up. But I'm going to jump right into Daniel chapter 3 because there's a lot to unpack today. And I want to make sure we can get through everything that I feel like God wants us to look at today. And so Daniel chapter 3, just very quickly... Where we're at, that was an amen, by the way. Uh, Where we're at in Daniel chapter 3 is, Daniel's not in this story, but his three best friends are, the three amigos, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, those are not their given names, they're Hebrew names, they're in captivity in Babylon. And to, to show sign that they are no longer free Hebrews, that they have been captured and enslaved, they change their name to change their identity. I just want to remind you that don't let the enemy put a new label on you. Don't let the enemy put a new identity on you. You are not your mistake. We recognize you made a mistake, but you are not identified by failure. And don't let the enemy capture you and call you something different than what God calls you. God calls you righteous. God calls you loved. He says that you're forgiven. So we're not accepting new, new names, new labels. Amen to that? And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are here minding their own business. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, he's drunk on himself, full of pride. He's a, he's a me monster. And he builds his own statue unto himself. And he builds it, it's like massive, it's like wide, and he wants people to worship him. This is like if we went to Staples Center, because I refuse to call it Crypto Arena. It's diabolical in nature. See, if we went to Staples Center, outside there are these massive statues of the heroes of old. Nebuchadnezzar thinks of himself as a hero, so he builds a statue unto himself. He calls the whole land to worship him. When the trumpet blows, when you hear the alarm, everyone has to bow down and worship Nebuchadnezzar's statue. So when this happens, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they've already made up their mind. We're not going to worship you, Nebu. (laughs) I'm so glad you liked it. It's kind of a risk to say it, to be honest. Because I almost went with Neb. Anyways, okay. 
Let's, let's be serious. <laughs> they refuse to, to, to worship Nebuchadnezzar because they've already made a decision who they will bow their knee for and who they won't. The followers of God, not Nebuchadnezzar. So they send a decree out and say, anybody that doesn't bow down and worship this image, this statue, is going to be thrown into a fiery furnace for death. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fully aware of this, refuse when the trumpet sounds to bow their knee. Some of the little tattletales, this is what I'm telling my boys all the time, don't be a tattletale, but, but what happened? Some of the little telltales run up to Nebuchadnezzar and they're like, sir, you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. This makes the king irate. He is furious. He calls the three Hebrew boys into his office and he said, word has come to me, guys, that you refuse to bow your knee to my statue outside of the stable center. And they said, sir, we just want to let you know we are so sorry. We respect your title. We respect who you are. But just a heads up. We, we, we believe that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God that was and the God that is, he is able to deliver us. Even if you throw us in there, we believe that our God is so powerful, he can rescue us from this fire. But then they use the two best words in chapter 3. They say, we know God is powerful. We know that God is able. But watch these two words. They say, but... Even if God doesn't rescue us, we're not bowing our knee to you. So I think this is the year that some of us, we need to develop an even if faith. Even if I don't get the job. Even if I don't get my miracle. Even if my family member isn't healed. Even if I don't get what I want. I'm still going to be found worshiping God, not giving in. Even if. Nebuchadnezzar is so upset, he said, turn up the fire seven times hotter than it currently is. He turns that thing up, stokes the fire, and all of a sudden they throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace. The Bible says that it's so hot that the attendants that are throwing them in get so burnt they die. When they're thrown in, Nebuchadnezzar's like, that's what you get, son. You'll brand me, son. That was for a few of you right there. That was for a few of you, just a few of you. So anyways, he, and he walks away. Now, a few moments later, the Bible says Nebuchadnezzar comes back and he looks in the fire to make sure they're done and he sees them. They, they were thrown in bound. But now he sees Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're unbound. They are free. They're walking around and he sees a fourth man he describes that looks like the son of man. He is flabbergasted. He is floored. He calls them out. He bows before them and he says, oh my gosh, your God is the one true God. Your God is the God that is able. And he starts to worship their God and get rid of his, his statue. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called Faith for the Fire. See, because the reality of your life is that you're either in a fire, coming out of a fire, or getting ready for the next fire. But no matter what you go through, fires are going to come. Trials and tribulations and tests are going to come your way. But no matter what we face, we cannot be tossed to and fro like the wave of the sea. We've got to have faith for the fire. And you got to realize that 
Fires don't build your faith. They reveal your faith. You can't go into a fire and figure stuff out. You go into a fire and you're like, I know what I believe. I know who God is. A few years ago, we were on vacation in the Bahamas. And, and one of the guys on the trip was like, like really fit, like cut. Like, I hate these people. And he kept having like all the croissants and all the stuff and bread and desserts. And, and I kept passing on everything. And he's not working out any of the trip. I'm working out every morning. And one day, one morning at breakfast, he asked me, how come you don't eat any of this stuff? And I was like, oh, man, you know, like I'm trying to, trying to get, you know, right, you know. How come, how come people that aren't in shape always kind of like tuck in a little bit? Like I'm just, like, you're not a worm, bro. Like I'm just trying to get wet, right. And he, he goes to me, he said, ah, nothing worse than trying to get ready for a trip you're already on. I was like, Chris, haunt me. But I, want, I want to say to you, nothing worse than trying to get ready for a fire you're already in. So you got to develop faith for the fire. That no matter what gets thrown your way, you're like, I'm not, I'm not giving in. I'm not bowing. I'm not. I'm not going to be subjected to my feelings. I'm going to live by faith. I'm not going to be ruled by anxiety and fear. I'm going to be ruled by my God is for me. Who can be against me? Amen to that. Just give you a few things out of chapter 3 that I think are so important for us to understand and so important for us to apply to our life. Write down number one today. Here's the first point. is that pride craves to be worshipped. Humility bows low before the Lord. First thing we see here is Nebuchadnezzar, he is craving to be worshipped. He is desiring to be praised. I don't know if you know a friend that's narcissistic or you have a friend that's a me monster that really wants attention or maybe you struggle with this yourself. One of our boys the other day, our seven-year-old, told his mother, Mom, I want to be famous. And she told me that he said this. So I said, Son, no, we don't know. I wouldn't wish fame on my worst enemy. We don't want to, I was trying to explain to my seven-year-old, no, 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 we don't want people to worship us. Man was not created to be worshipped. We were created to give worship. We weren't created for eyes to be on us. We were created to give glory and to, to bounce all the glory to him. It's not about us, it's about him. And pride lusts after attention. Thirst. That's why we call it a thirst trap. Because people are thirsty for, for fame. It's, it's the spirit of pride. It's ego. And pride is the only disease that makes everyone else sick besides the person that has it. You got to be careful. Don't walk in pride. Don't build statutes under yourself. It's not about your name. It's all about his name. It's not about you getting worship and praise and attention. It's about actually opposite. It's about giving praise and giving attention to God. And you got to get humility in your life. Humility, by the way, is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking more of others. Humility is not going like, I'm the worst. It's just saying, no, they're the best and so is God. And, and humility, God is attracted to humility. He is repelled by pride. 
In fact, the, the Bible says it this way. God, he humbles those that exalt themselves, and he exalts those that humble themselves. God's math is so different. He says, the first I'm going to put last, and the last shall be first. This is how he works. And so I want to encourage you, if you deal with pride, welcome to the club. Every day for the rest of your life, you're going to have to wrestle your ego, wrestle your pride. Pride never wants to say, I'm sorry. Never wants to say, I love you. Never wants to be wrong. It's the spirit of pride that will destroy a business. Spirit of pride that will destroy a church. Spirit of pride that will destroy a family. Spirit of pride that will destroy a marriage. But humility will raise a tribe, raise a family, raise you up out of the dust, out of the ashes out of despair the bible says he gives grace to the humble but he resists the proud you got to be careful here because we live in a culture it's like yeah nebu that's dope dude how high yeah maybe i ought to build one of those you were not created to be worshiped you weren't you weren't created to be praised. This is Romans chapter one. You were created by God to give him praise. Your work that you do is not to bring you glory, it's to bring glory to God. You gotta be careful. Pride wants worship. Humility says it's all about. That's why the Bible says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. A prideful person, it's hard for them to bow and give reverence and honor to someone else. They want all the reverence. Humility goes low and says, no, it's all about you. Amen? Write down number two. I love this second thing. Beware of the bowing spirit of this world. Now, I want to tell you, there's things in your life that are not going to be as flagrant or as obvious that are going to come into your world, come into your heart, and be like a statue outside of Staples that knocks on your door that says, bow your knee to me. But there's going to be some spirits that seduce their way into your life that are going to try and convince you to bow your knee to money. Bow your knee to success. Bow your knee to this relationship. You're going to have to be aware. I I love Jesus in in Luke chapter 4. The Bible says that that the enemy, after 40 days of fasting and prayer, you think 21 days is hard? This joker did 40. Some of us are like, I'm seven days into this. This is so hard. Fam, he did 40 days, okay? He did 40 days fasting and prayer. After he fasted for 40 days, the Bible says that he was strong. See, what you're building in your life during this fasting and prayer is you're getting spiritually strong. Physically, you might not feel that way, but spiritually, you are sharp. Spiritually, you are stronger. The enemy tried to get Jesus to bow his knee. He said, listen, if you worship me, I'll give you all the power. I'll give you all the glory. Have you noticed yet that all the idols in your life, they promise things that they cannot deliver? They promise things. that They're they're writing checks you cannot cash. You've got to call it what it is. You're promising me significance, but you cannot bring me significance. You're promising me comfort, but you'll never bring me comfort. You're promising me freedom, but I'll never be more locked up than I am if I bow my knee to that idol and that spirit. you got to be very aware of these spirits that try and creep into your life that are like, no, come, just, just bow. I'll, get, I'll make you powerful. You know how good you'll feel? 
Do you know how great life will be? Let me encourage you. Be aware of these, these spirits trying to attach themselves to your life. When people talk about L.A., they're like, man, so-and-so moved to L.A. from Iowa. Like, why am I picking on Iowa? Des Moines, you know? They came to L.A., and what happened? What happened to a lot of people that move here is that we make an exchange for our morals and our values for what is temporary. And you got to be careful of the bowing spirit that is wanting to attach itself in your life. We don't bow our knee to anything or anyone other than Christ. Our knee is in reverence and awe, and those that try and lure us and seduce us, we call it what it is. You might be good, but you are not God. I can admit to myself, you sound attractive, but until I get a man of God under this blanket, I'm, talking, I'm preaching to you right now. It's a word in season. Gotta call it what it is. Look at this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I love this scripture so much. This is the message translation. If our message is obscure to anyone, it's not because we're holding back in any way. No, it's because these other people are looking or going the wrong way and refuse to give it serious attention. All they have eyes for is this fashionable God of darkness. They think he can give them what they want and that they won't have to bother believing a truth they can't see. They're stone blind to the day spring brightness of the message that shines with Christ, who gives us the best picture of, we'll ever get of God. No, no, I want to tell you, do not bow your knee to these false idols. Do not bow your knee to these spirits. They try and loose you, seduce you. They're going to call your name, but we have already made up the decision. I am going to serve God and serve him alone. I will not bow my knee to anything else. God gets all my loyalty, not a portion, not a sliver. God gets all of me. Write down number three. We need even if faith. I already mentioned it, but this, this, let this be the year that you're like, even if. Even if Monday morning someone called me at 7 a.m., so I hit ignore. <laughs> called again. I was like, we're not on that level. Ignore. Forgot about it. Three in the afternoon, a friend lives not in L.A. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Thank God he called back in the afternoon. And I was like, oh, man, so sorry. It was Monday morning, so a bit on you, but I get it. And my whole tone of laughter changed when he said, I need your faith. He said, this morning, my 18-year-old son was diagnosed with cancer. And I'm calling you because I need your faith. I'm calling you because I'm freaked out and scared out of my mind. And I don't know what to do right now. And we jumped on that phone and we started to pray and we started to declare that our God is a healing God and that by his stripes, this son is healed. And as we prayed together, I was thinking of this verse, even if. Some of us, our biggest problem is that we've made ultimatums with God. God, I'll worship you if you heal my son. God, I'll give you my life if you come through in this way. God, if you get me out of this, oh, I promise, I'll, I'll, I'll start tithing, God. Oh, I'll, I'll serve this year. Lord, if you, if you come through in this way that I need, I will totally, no, no, no. Even if you do nothing else, you've already given me the cross. 
You've already given me salvation. You've already given me your spirit. You've already given me your joy. You've already given me forgiveness. Is anybody thankful today that even if he doesn't do another thing for you, he's worthy of all your worship and he's worthy of all your praise? He said, Nebuchadnezzar, make no mistake about it. Our God knows how to shut the mouth of the lion. He knows how to split the Red Sea in half. Our God is able to do this. He can take out a Goliath. He can feed 5,000. He can cause a man to walk on water. He can heal blind people and deaf people and mute people and raise dead people. But even if he doesn't show up, just a heads up, we're not bowing our knee. It doesn't matter what he does. Our hope is in the name above all names. And there's nothing you can say and nothing you can do to change my mind about it. Even if if. Even if. See, I think you get to a strong faith when you get to the place where you're like, even if it doesn't happen the way I want, even if things don't work out, even if I don't live the life I dreamt of, even if I don't get the pay raise or the, the bonus, even if I don't get to start the business, even if God, I'll, you'll find me with my hands high and my mouth loud giving you the glory. It's due to your name. Sir, we don't mean any dis, 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 disrespect, Nebu. Our God is mad able. But even if, we're not some suckers. We know who our God is. Throw us in the fire. Throw us in the fire and see what happens. See, I think a lot of us, we, we, we're afraid we're afraid to let God have opportunities to show off in our life. And if you'll allow him, God will not only show up, but I think God can also show off. They're just giving God an opportunity to do what only God can do. They say, even if. May this be a year where you are not swayed to ultimatums with God. Don't make deals with God. Follow God. Serve God. Surrender to God. I don't make deal. Job didn't come before God. All right, okay. A fire, fine. I'll do this with a good attitude if you give me double for my trouble at the end. Job goes, um, came in this thing naked, leaving naked. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's just like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I got no Have you come to the place yet where you have concluded in your life, I don't got anything but God? That's all I got. So even if, even if you throw me in, I'm not going to bow my knee. I will worship my God. Write down number four. I love this one. God is my protector. God is my protector. God is my protector. He looks in there and he sees these three guys that were, that were once chained. Now they're unchained. And they see a fourth man. See, they, they see a fourth man. They see a fourth man. This is called a Christophany. This is Jesus coming incarnate before he was born. This is in the Bible. The son of man, Jesus, is in the fire. See, it doesn't matter what you go through. You can go through the worst moments. God is going to be with you. By the way, let me encourage you. God does his best work when you're in your worst place. If you are in the fiery furnace, that's why the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You're with me. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The one thing you can count on is if you're in the fire, he's with you. If you're in the pit, he's with you. If you're in the prison like Joseph, he's with you. If you're going to face a Goliath, he's with you. Anybody thankful today that no matter what you go through and no matter what you face, God is with with us. He is our protector. 
I'm glad we live in the era of all the Nest Rings and the Ring apps and the Ring cameras. And I got all of them. I'm glad we got security at Zoe Church. I'm grateful for all the protection. But there ain't no protection like God. There ain't no protection like ministering angels. There ain't no protection like the name above all names. That's why the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. That's why we refer to God. He is my shadow. He is my refuge. He is my shade. He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty will rest under the shadow of His wing. Look at Psalm 91. Oh, look at these words. This is God. Because He loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue Him. I will protect Him because He acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him with long life. I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Oh. I says, wait. You're in trouble? You're going through hell on earth? Oh, I do my best work when you're in a fiery furnace. I got a call this week, a guy in our community who I love with all my heart, relapsed, crashed his car into a pole. Back in rehab now. Just had a a beautiful brand new baby girl. Got on the phone with his wife. We're here, we're praying, we're believing. But one thing I know is that God doesn't turn his back when you crash your car. God doesn't turn his back when you go back to the pill or go back to the bottle. When you're in your worst place, he does his best stuff. And I love this about God. I love this about God. He says, I will answer him because he called on me. I will honor him because he chose me. Nebuchadnezzar's like, Timmy? Tim, Tim, Taru? Didn't? we put three guys in there I see four and the fourth looks like the son of man Nebuchadnezzar couldn't deny it's God the people around you when you go through hell on earth are going to recognize I know you're weak I know you ain't the best I know it's God that's sustaining you I know it's God that's helping you I know it's God that's providing for you I know it's God that's protecting for you come on somebody clap him and thank him in advance that when you go through hell on earth God will be a shield the the, the Bible says though though it come in like a flood the Lord will raise a standard against him That's why he said, I'll never let a hair of yours be snatched. Because I'm your shield. I'm your protector. You ever have a friend be like, I got your back. Thanks. You know what really encourages me? God's got my back. We used to sing this song growing up in church. When I was 16 years old, I was at a summer camp and I felt like God told me, for where I'm taking you, I need you to learn the keyboard. I always wanted to be on the worship team, so I was like, yes. So I got a keyboard, and I go into my room late at night, put on my headphones. We used to sing this song in church called, Jesus, lover of my soul. Now be in my room, Jesus, lover of my soul. Though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. 
See, I can't promise you, church, that this year is going to be easier than last. I can't promise you that all your friends are going with you into your future. But I can promise you that God is. I can promise you that though my world may fall, I will never let you go. See, what I love about this this book that we're studying, it's that hope that results in faithfulness. See, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a hope that wouldn't give up. And their their hope resulted in faithfulness to God. God's going to be faithful to me, but I'm choosing to be faithful to Him. God's going to show up for me, but I'm choosing to show up for Him. God's going to shower me with His love, but I'm I'm deciding to shower Him with mine. The more you do that, the more that you do that, You'll have faith for your fire. Fire. You're either in a fire, coming out of a fire, or getting ready for your next fire. I remember last year, Julie and I, we had a moment where I just said, you know, I don't think I've ever been through a fire like this. I don't think I've ever faced this. We have faced some things in our house, in our marriage, in our life. I said, I don't think I've ever faced a fire like this. I'm grateful. I've made the decision for Julia and I to say, you know what? We are preparing and getting ready that if we ever get thrown into the fire, we're not going to be swayed. We're not going to be moved. We're not going to be headlong. We're not going to be wondering. We're not going to be doubting. We're going to be praising. We're going to be hopeful. We're going to be faith-filled. We're going to put our trust in God. We're going to be planted in the house of God. Come on, clap if you're down to have faith for the fire. Come on, stand to your feet today. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that no matter what we're going through,